Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you use your money to do more of what matters. You're listening to episode number 75. So we've got a special episode today. We got the opportunity to sit down and talk with Bob and Linda Loddick from Seed Time Money, and they have a new book out, Simple Money, Rich Life, and they have a ton of wisdom to share, and we hope that you enjoy this episode as much as we did, and we will be back next week with another Q&A episode. Welcome, Bob, Linda. We're really, uh, really excited to have you guys here, and where we, I think we'd like to start is, can you all just give us... Uh, so for listeners that don't know, uh, Bob and Linda have a, a brand new book out, and in it, they go through these four parts. So can you all just tell us, what's the title of the book? What what are you hoping people walk away with? And then just walk us through the four parts to maybe set up our conversation today. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the book's called Simple Money, Rich Life. Um, it only took us about eight months to land on that title. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you like it. Um, and uh the book is broken out. It's based off of a John Wesley quote that I've loved for years. Um, that's kind of been our inspiration that we followed, which is mm-hmm. essentially this. I'll give you the modern English version, not the uh, 18th century Elizabethan version. And it's basically this. It's um, I earn all I can. I reduce my expenses as much as I possibly can so that I can give as much as I can. Yeah. And uh, and that was his motivation. And John Wesley was actually one of the wealthiest people in England at the time when he was preaching in mm-hmm. the 18th century or something, and um, which is fascinating to think about that. I mean, he was earning an equivalent of about $2 million a year preaching and writing. Wow. Uh, but the reason he was doing it was so that he could give as much as he can. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just to buy a whole bunch of Lambos and yachts and whatever the thing might be, but he saw it as a means to make more of an impact in other people's lives. And so that's just been something that's resonated with us for years. And so this book is broken out into four parts, earn as much as you can. And we talked through how to increase your earnings, uh, reducing your expenses and how to do this uh, efficiently, effectively, and really with as little time spent. Yeah. And not an annoying way. Yeah. Like without (laughs) having to become like complete money nerds. Um, And then we talk about like just the joys of generosity because like Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up liking giving. Um, I thought it was just a miserable thing that I felt like I had to do or God was going to be mad at me type of thing. And and we our view is so much different now. Um, God's brought us on a journey, and so we just talk about what that looks like, how to actually create a fun, vibrant life through your giving and generosity. Then the last part is enjoying and enjoying all of it Um, because I believe. You know, we all know this. We know people who hate their jobs, like just hate what they're doing to earn money. We know people who hate saving money, like hate not, uh, yeah, not not spending every single dollar that they get. Um, we know people <laughs> right. who hate giving. Like I mm-hmm. used to be there. Like I get that. But the truth is, we can enjoy all of these, all three of these things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a really fun and balanced, healthy financial life comes when we are enjoying all of the financial aspects of our life. Yep. So that's how we had the bro- book broken up into those four main sections. So I'll kind of pause it there and I'll let you <laughs> redirect, Nick. I love that. And I'll be honest. So when when Hannah and I first read this quote and the way that y'all had structured it, the the first thing that we thought was, okay, this feels like not possible to me. And I think that's yeah. what's so cool. It's those four things that on the surface do almost seem contradictory, but that when used in combination and and biblically work together to provide that balance in your life that we see so many people missing. Tell us a little bit more about how God has brought, because you said, look, I didn't used to enjoy giving, you know? So like how, 
has God changed your heart over time or, or have you shifted to where you actually do enjoy each of those things? Yeah. I mean, well, I'll start with like in terms of the, the first one. So earning, um, cause it was the same, I had many, many years where I hated my job, just really in a yeah. job that was just not a good fit. And that's part of what we talk about in the book is just this idea of when you are working in something that God has gifted you to do, actually working, like identifying your gifts and callings that he's put in you and you begin seeking after work and getting your work, what you're doing most of your day to earn money lined up with that, it no longer feels like work. Like it's fun. It's Mm -hmm. thrilling. It's exciting. And, uh, you know, and you know, it's cliche, but like, I feel like I haven't worked in general, in a long, long time, because I love what I do. And it's part of God. It's part of who God designed me to be. And so in some ways, it's just really unfair. It's like your unfair advantage when you can kind of tap into that thing that he's created you to do. And it, and it's a process. Like for a lot of people, this takes time. This isn't, a, oh, I'm gonna go press a button and then I'm gonna you know do that. Yeah. Um, took me many, many years to kind of make that transition. Uh, but it's worth chasing after mm-hmm. because it makes the work enjoyable. And when it's enjoyable, you tend to do better. Like the people who have really changed the world, uh, made a big dent on the earth, um, you know, with, through their work and the things that they've accomplished, like they were people who enjoyed what they did. They weren't the ones watching the clock. Like, I can't wait till I get out of here. You know, it was the people who couldn't, couldn't go home because they wanted to do what they were called mm-hmm. to do so bad. So that's one part of it that he kind of worked through me. I mean, I think that, do you want to talk about the saving? Because I think that's a big one that applies to you. Yeah, the saving. I mean, I am very much like, I just want to have fun. And fun for me usually involves spending a lot of money. (laughs) Um, So I just kind of, uh, it it took me a little bit. Because I mean, of course, like all of this is a process and a journey. Like what he said, it's not just this flip a switch one day and all of a sudden you're like, this is so much fun. But I think it's a worthwhile thing to pursue of, I mean, like a lot of times it can start to become a game for you. You know what I mean? It's like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. If you just switch your perspective a little bit and go, okay, let's turn this into a game. How can I save money here, save money there? Also, like I I think even above that, like when you're talking about kind of getting on the same page and looking at this through a Christ-centered lens, when you stop looking at everything like it is for you. Everything that comes in. Yeah, like all your income. All the income, it's just for me. It's just for my enjoyment. It actually gives more purpose in your life. And you no longer just feel like you're trying to buy your own happiness. Because, I mean, yeah, again, another cliche, you can't buy, money can't buy happiness. It's like, it's true. It's, I mean, it's really true. So when you look at that as a sense of purpose rather than a what can I get from it, it changes the whole thing. Like it's a, it's a lifestyle change. I think it's not just a, you know, just do this one little thing and then you'll be, you'll be happy saving money. It's like, it, it actually just changes your, the way your brain thinks about it, you know? Complete heart change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Mark Driscoll and his wife, Grace have a podcast together he mentioned in tithing, he's like, imagine somebody comes up to you and gives you a dollar and says like, Hey, I want to give you this dollar to hold for me. And actually like you can keep like 90 cents of it. I just want you to give 10 cents away to somebody else who needs it. Like, you're not going to be like, Oh man, what a ripoff, you know, you're going to be like, Oh wow. I get to keep 90 cents of this. Um, And I just thought that was such like a simple way of, of like reframing how you think about, 
tithing and giving. And it does come from that heart change of recognizing like none of this is mine. It's all God's to begin with. And he's just giving it to me to steward. Um, And I love that y'all in the book, instead of talking about net worth, you have another way of talking about that. And so like, will you explain that and why you think that's an important differentiation? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've always been a big fan of tracking your net worth. I think it's just a really important financial metric to measure your progress, you know? And, and so that was always something that was important to me. So I was always doing that, you know, it's probably since we got married. So back, whatever, getting 17, 18 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing that and somewhere along this line, well, let me step back. So when we were dating, we both had this desire in our hearts to give away millions of dollars. Like we were, as broke as you could be, like on minimum wage, basically salaries. Yeah. But we had these desires, this thing that God put in our heart to be able to give like a significant amount of money away. It didn't make any sense, but it was just a desire that he kind of planted in there. And uh, anyway, so that was always in there. And so then, you know, couple, fast forward a couple of years, we're tracking our net worth, watching it go up. And it's like exciting. We're moving forward. And meanwhile, I feel God kind of stretching us in our generosity to give more. And there's this tug of war between if we give more, then our net worth is going to go down. And like, and I kept on finding the thing. It's like, I'm excited about seeing our net worth grow, but I want to give more. And it's like, it just felt like so much tension. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so out of all this, like a couple of different things happened. So one of them was, I realized, you know, kind of like you were just talking about Hannah, just realizing like, I'm a steward here. And this net worth number, like, I just, I don't think that's a good, that's not, that's not, a tr- that's not my net worth. Like, my true net worth is not a number, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's big or small, like that just kind of feels offensive to me, like yeah. in light of, you know, what God has done and what Jesus did and who I am in light of all this, like it just feels a little bit offensive. Um, and so that was the first part where it's like, I don't really love that. And then, you know, adding to this other part of us being managers, I'm like, I think a more accurate phrasing of this should be assets under management. Like everything that I have, everything I'm managing, it's for him. I'm just the manager, you know, he's the owner. And therefore I would rather call this just to have a regular reminder for myself that it's not me. And I can get my grubby little fingers off of it, that it's my assets or his assets that I'm managing, you know? Mm -hmm. So we started calling this our AUM or assets under management, which is common financial term, but we're just applying that to what most people call their net worth. And so that was just, um, I don't know, it was an important distinction for us. Mm -hmm. uh, And I feel like it really helped me. And so that's why we added it to the book. Yeah. I love that distinction. And it's um, it's something where I, I'm going to steal it for myself because Great. Um, Good. We, we like I put together a, a, an IPS or an invest, investment policy statement for us like probably a year and a half, two years ago and was sharing it within a mastermind group um, that I'm in. And we were kind of talking through our different strategies. And and I just felt really convicted when I when I built this thing of like, here's my strategy to invest. And, and it, it drew me to go and like find a few verses in the Bible that talked about money that, that needed to be reminders to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that every time I open up my, my spreadsheet that tracks our investments, like the first page is like these couple of verses that are reminding me of like, Hey man, check, check your perspective as you are looking at this and I think there's something really powerful about changing the name of something or the way that you call something and just yep. shifting that that mm-hmm. mindset. Um, one of the other, I think that y'all do a great job with these little bitty tweaks rather than, like you've said, having these massive changes. You've 
you've had this journey of like these small changes over time. So it's like, oh, we changed this to AUM and we changed this and and that helped shift our our perspective or or guide us on our journey. Um, one of the questions I kind of want to almost back up with is I think in the book you share a verse in Zechariah about like small beginnings and and God is not um yeah. what's a phrase? It's not um don't despise do not, small beginnings. Yeah, don't despise small, small beginnings. beginnings. Yeah. And like obviously y'all talk a lot about how you have differences in the way that you approach money and the the sort of, you know, root way that you look at it. But we're just, we were overwhelmingly impressed with how well you seem to be able to approach this stuff together. So do you have any, any things you can share about other small beginnings or small tweaks that were able to take y'all that maybe were different perspectives and start to come together on this? Um, So like small things that God used to kind of start your journey to becoming a a united financial friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, in the beginning, like I had absolutely no interest (laughs) of getting involved. No, her her thing was, all right, you're good at math. You do everything. Do everything and just tell me, tell me what the deal is. And, um, and as long as I don't hate it too much, I won't cry. <laughs> well, no, I, I still cried. I just, I just did it because I honestly, it was more important to me to not have to look at it because it stressed me out so bad. Yeah. But you can only do that for so long before you have to start looking at things. And so, you know, every once in a while, Bob would buy something with what I am going to call extra money. I called it a uh, magic money, actually. I'm like, where'd you get that magic money? And uh, can I have some of that magic money? You know, because I'm not looking at anything. And She's so, not looking at the budget at all. She just sees, whoa, he just bought something that was $500. Like, where'd that come from? Where did that come from? So that was kind of what got my curiosity as I was like, where did that money come from? But so what he would do is I would say, okay, I want to buy this thing. You just bought that. I want to buy this. This is how much it costs. And he'll go, okay, here's how I did it. And you come with me. Let's look at the budget and let's find out where we're going to take this money from. And I'd be like, okay. So that kind of like started (laughs) pulling me in a little bit because I was motivated enough for the thing that I wanted. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. That's what got me on board is that I was motivated enough to get the thing that I wanted. Um, And Bob wasn't trying to keep anything from me. You know, that that wasn't our relationship. It was just that um, we had decided how we were going to spend our money. And so if I wanted to change how we were going to spend our money, I had to get involved. And I had to – we had to come to an agreement for these things now. Um, I'm trying to think. We did a lot of things that helped us. Praying together really helped us. Yeah, that's a big one. Like um, there is something bonding about praying together. I mean, Mm -hmm. on anything, but especially your finances. Like, Because so many couples are just not in unity on this. And this is something we're always encouraging them to do. Like start praying together about Mm -hmm. your money, about the financial future, about the obstacles you're facing, your debts. Like whatever it is, like start praying about this together. Get in unity on this Yeah, because it's a big, big deal. and just, I mean, random thing here, but we actually made a PDF with some prayer starters. So if you want to include that in the oh, show yeah. notes, it's we would love to. Do that. Yes. I'd love that. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause a lot of people find that helpful because we've talked to a lot of couples who it's like, well, we pray individually, but we don't pray, pray together as a couple. It's like, all right, that's good. This will help you. Like this PDF will help you to give you a start. Yeah. But it's like, there's so much power in it that you need to be praying together. Mm-hmm. 
I can also imagine it would be somewhat difficult to pray together right before you talk about money and then start fighting right after praying. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I know it is. It, it's, it's a bonding <laughs> thing that it yeah. make yeah, it makes the conversations easier. It's just yeah, it's a bonding well, agent. And like, make the conversation fun. Don't go into this like with your you know guns blazing. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. Why don't you make it a date night where it's like, okay, let's talk about our future. Like, vision casting, I think, is huge in this area because if if you've got one sp- spouse who is like, we're gonna do this and like kind of a a, a little bit like dictating what's gonna happen. Let me tell you something. You're wrong because here's what here's what happens in the end is your spouse can't do it. They can't do it the way you want them to do it. Like it just isn't realistic. Like, and I think coming to that point where, um, I would say, Bob, I want our marriage to work, but you have to give me money in order to buy more, like buy makeup. Like that has to be something that I can have (laughs) money to buy. And I need to be allowed to buy that and not feel like you're going to be upset with me because it's not in the budget. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so, and he luckily was in a position where he was like, okay, is there any way we could lower the cost of your makeup? You know, like it, this was a back and forth. Let's try and brainstorm how we can work this out together. And I mean, this was in the beginning when, you know, we really had not a lot of money and I was used to spending a lot of money on my skincare. So, you know, it had to be a conversation though. Like it both, neither of us were going to get our way exactly. Like we had to find a middle ground to make it work. But like when you're invested in your marriage and you want your marriage to work, like that's your motivation, right? It's not just the things that you want. It's that this is way more important than if I get that certain type of mascara. Absolutely. Yeah. So when Nick and I first got married and I I would say Nick got into finance, but he had always been into finance. um, He thought that the way to bring me on board was to share these awesome stories about how much people had saved and how early they retired by like not having a dryer. And I was like, yeah, this is not your path to success. Like I'm going to need a dryer. So this is cracking me up because Bob would do the exact same thing. He's like, yeah, we just don't need a dryer. I'm like, then you can do the laundry. Yeah. If you want no dryer, you do the laundry. Let's, we'll see how that works out. (laughs) So after a couple of years of trying tactics like that, he figured out (laughs) this doesn't seem to be working very well, but she does (laughs) beg me for a dog all the time. And so that was kind of how Nick drew me into the budget. He was like, Hey, listen, I'm not against a dog. I just need us to sit down and figure out like how much money is the dog going to take initially? How much is it going to take on a monthly basis? Okay. I need to know these things and then I can get excited with you about a dog. But like up until that point, I felt like Nick was just a fun sucker. I was like, you know, you (laughs) just want to have no fun and want to tell me all the money to not spend. And I don't want to look at your budget. And (laughs) so like (laughs) a dog is what brought us together. And then God has like grown those goals uh, from there. But I do think, I think it's like so encouraging to hear y'all share in in that same, a similar journey, like that you started out not on the same page. And so I think so many people feel really discouraged and like it can never happen and they can never come together on these things. And I'm, I'm always like, Nick and I are not special. Like you, you can do it with God's help. I mean, you, you can find things that will bring you together as a couple. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure you guys talk about this 
Um, but one of the things that we have found, like honestly, cut our money fights by like 90% was simply when we decided we were going to have separate spending money categories. As soon as we did that, it's like I no longer cared about the dumb things she was spending her money on. <laughs> she no longer cared about the things that she thought was stupid that I was spending money my money on. Yeah. And so those, because previously those were a fight because yeah. we had our money all in one big bucket. Mm-hmm. And so she would go buy 10 Starbucks Frappuccinos or something with, I'm like, we need to buy groceries today. Yeah. Or I'd go to uh, Lowe's and buy a saw because we're building a deck or something. And, you know, it'd be the same type of thing. And we were just constantly fighting. But once we broke that out into our own categories, uh, it just made such a huge difference for us. Yeah. But I think one of the things are like, there's usually in every family, there's a, the, the one who wants the budget and then the one who's like, don't tell me what to do. Right. And I think what those two don't realize is that a budget is actually going to help. It can help both of you get what you want for the person who wants to spend. You are all of a sudden given the freedom to spend whatever you want within an agreed upon amount so that your spouse isn't frustrated. And for this, the one who, you know, wants the budget, it's like your, your compromise is you are going to let them spend money on what they want to spend money on. You know what I mean? But they'll agree upon it. And now you can have, you know, all these other, or, you know, these spreadsheet with all your organization and all your <laughs> <laughs> different categories. I mean, it really, it's like, it can work out really well, but I think a lot of people are so stuck in, I'm either going to spend every single dime we have, or no, we are not spending any money. And it's like, it, if both of you can relax, you know, <laughs> and just like, see how, yeah. see how like your differences actually make that they make it work better Absolutely. so that the, the spender isn't spending everything and there's a little bit of self-control and re- things are reined in. But then the other one is not so miserly that there's no fun to be had ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What does vision casting look like for you guys? I know you mentioned that, you know, in the beginning, Bob was the one who kind of headed up the money and finances. And so you were the original one kind of casting the vision like, hey, here's why I want us to care about these things. But now, Mm -hmm. is that something that y'all do together? And do you kind of have a regular routine um, of every year we sit down and kind of reassess this? Yeah. So every year we take a one month sabbatical. Um, and we have three little kids. And so it just throws a wrench in a lot of stuff, but <laughs> in an ideal plan and schedule, that's, that's when we're doing that. That's what I'm spending a lot of that month on and just kind of dreaming about the year. Um, and just talking a little bit more about, um, exploring a little bit more about what, what we want to do for the year and what, yeah, what God might be leading us to and things mm-hmm. like that. But, um, something else we're trying to work into the mix now is a, regular ish routine of two or three times a year, taking a two day kind of get away without the kids, uh, really. And that being a big part of it to just, um, talk about what's going well, talk about what we want to do, where we want to go financially, you mm-hmm. know, in the business and life, everything. Yeah. You know? But, but that financial component is definitely part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, you know, we're not in a spot where we have had this like super solid, perfect rhythm for the last 10 years, because again, kids, throw lots of wrenches and everything. But, um, but that's our general pattern that, um, I think we've roughly established and that we're going to continue. Yeah. And sometimes for us, there's not a lot of, all right, let's sit down and talk about finances. Like we don't, we don't have that really, uh, we don't have a weekly budget meeting. No, I, I, I mean, and I don't think you have to, as long as you are both willing to 
ebb and flow with what is going on in yeah, income and, have, and what, you know, what is going on in the, we have the conversations as needed. Yeah. You know? and, and again, we've been doing this a long time. Like we've been, but a lot of like the vision casting is more about where do we want to go? And then we, we establish a plan to get there. Does that make sense? So it's oh, yeah. not as much like, well, how much do you want to be spending? Like, unless that actually needs to happen. It's, it's more, okay, we want to take this many trips this year. And then we establish a plan on how we're going to get to that point. Or, you know, we need to buy a car this year or whatever the thing might be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I want to hear on that, like what you just said, I think is so important. And, and Hannah and I talk a lot about vision on our show. And so our audience is going to be real familiar with that concept. But I think for a lot of couples, it can be really hard to even start that conversation if the idea or is, um, or if the future already feels like we're battling here or what you want, I think is going to be different than what I want. They're even scared to maybe open up that conversation or they, they haven't talked about these kinds of things in so long. And one of the, one of the things I'm just I'm really impressed with y'all on in this interview and then also in the, in the book is how many like pretty pretty big decisions y'all have made. And the only way that I think that you're able to really do that, uh, obviously with God's help, but but through like good communication, just like good mm-hmm. open lines of like we are we are understanding each other. And like even mm-hmm. like with Bob, like uh, the story about you going. And getting this seemingly really, you know, great job opportunity. And then right after being laid off. Right. Yeah. And and then yeah. and then and then going, you know what, I actually need to not take this. This is not the right move. Yeah. And Linda being yeah. like, cool with that, you know? Like, <laughs> like like and so I wasn't cool with it, you know. <laughs> like, no. So so I guess like maybe the question I have is digging digging like into the communication side of it, do you have any any you know, tips or practical things that you can share about how to get better at communication? Because I think there's a lot of couples that love the ideas of everything you're sharing, but things are so contentious right now about money or the vision or the future with them and their spouse that it feels like climbing a a mountain that's not even really possible until they can find a way to communicate better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean... (sighs) And I think we all know this, like communication is so important. I mean, yeah. that that is the thing that helps you get in unity, which is the thing that helps make everything easier. So yeah. it is in so many ways, like the first step is being able to express how you're feeling, mm-hmm. express your desires um, and do it in a way that doesn't cause a fight uh, and that the other person understands and that mutual understanding. Um, yeah. And we've had plenty of moments that haven't been this. Um, mm-hmm. We give you a big, long list of our greatest <laughs> failures and you know, so, so, you know, we don't have this down. We're not perfect by any means, mm-hmm. but, but I do think we learned some things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think one of the things that we've learned is, well, for me, I know when to walk away. I know when to go. If I, if you keep talking to me and I keep talking to you, it's going to get a whole lot worse really fast. Like I'm going to start saying things that I don't mean and that I don't want you to hear me say out of my mouth. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I think, Let's like, okay, let's walk away. Let's go pray. Uh, there are so many times, honestly, when I will go and I will just, instead of yelling at Bob, I will yell at God. <laughs> Not in a, you know, just in a, like, I, I don't know what to do with this frustration. Because there are times when you just get so, you, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And I find that that is the most helpful thing I can do. Is like, let him have it. Get, give, <laughs> give it all to him. To like... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's just let him have it. And 
And yeah, I mean, it this brings so much peace. And I don't understand why. It's just like laying it at the feet of Jesus is just the only thing I need to do. And all of a sudden, it just brings me peace. I've never been able to do that with a friend where it actually changed how I felt about a situation. But when I, when I, I mean, I think this is a type of prayer and I don't think God's afraid of it. Like he created us. He knows all our emotions anyway. So if I let it out, he then brings me the peace and then, and then he's able to go, okay, here's, here's the strategy next. Just go apologize. Just go sit there and apologize. Or he'll say, this is why you're actually upset. It's because when he said this phrase, it just triggered you. So just tell him, would you please not say this phrase to me anymore? <laughs> I mean, you just said something to me yesterday where I was like, don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, got it. That's just one of those things where you're like, it. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 But the point of praying, I mean, this is what we see all throughout the Psalms. I mean, David was yeah. very raw and real with God about mm-hmm. what he was feeling. And and so, yeah, I, I agree with you, hon. I think it's really possible. I think that's, yeah, that is my number one suggestion, honestly, when you don't know what else to do. Yeah. Linda, I heard you say in another interview um, that you hoped that people would go into this book with an open mind and that even like seemingly small, silly things that they thought wouldn't make a difference, like you hoped that they would just give it a try and just see. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of our audience are are not Christians. And so, like, I think that's my prayer for this interview is that, first of all, like, I want to say we cannot even begin to touch on all the good stuff that y'all said in this book. And I mean, there was there was so much. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's hard. It's hard to touch on everything that I want to in this interview. Um, But I hope that people's interests will be piqued enough and that they will have Mm -hmm. an open mind. And, And if they hear something like taking it to the Lord and praying about it and praying together and, you know, they don't believe in God or they just don't see, maybe they do believe in God, but they just don't think that that can make a difference. Like, I just hope mm-hmm. that they will try like what you guys are saying, because yeah. that we can say from experience that that, that is what works and that's what's worked for us. And we've yet to find anything else that delivers the results like that does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like we just need to do more of that. <laughs> like, cause I, I think, um, <laughs> Uh, I can sit here and think of quite a number of things that that uh, certainly I have said that it's like, yeah, I probably just need to not use that phrase anymore or <laughs> say it in that way. Yeah. Um, and, well, and I think and, we all have them, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we all have these buttons yeah. that and sometimes it takes years of marriage before you uncover them. And sometimes right. it takes whatever decades of counseling to even identify that you have this button that you didn't realize was there. Yeah. Uh, and so, and yeah. that's part of it. And I think when you're frustrated in the moment and you know, there's buttons over there, it's like this temptation to want to press the buttons mm-hmm. and, you know, and that's a maturity thing of, well, I can do that, but is that really going to lead to where I want to go? You know, like, do I really want to be fighting against my spouse or should I be fighting for my marriage in this yeah. instance, you know? And so, um, yeah. So I think that's just a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So what you just said right there, Bob, I think is really interesting. And y'all mentioned it earlier. And, and, and so now you give me a good opportunity to go back to it. You kind of alluded to this idea of, okay, look, I want to buy makeup. Bob doesn't understand that. Or I, Bob wants <laughs> to buy this. And Linda's like, what, why, you know? Um, but you just alluded to it again here saying, if I want my marriage to work and I want to stay married to this person and love them, then I may need to give up some ground here. 
or, mm-hmm. or to meet in the middle somehow. And so when it comes to Linda, you said earlier about, look, budgeting can actually help us both get what we want. Mm-hmm. Do you have any examples of things that each of you has maybe uh, given up or met in the middle on or, you know, sort of come to the other person's side and go, okay, look, I don't understand it. But so I love the one tip of saying, look, we each have individual spending money. Like that's huge. Um, but yeah, any, anything else on that, that you're going, look, our highest priority is this, is, is this marriage and serving God within our marriage. And so I'm, I'm going to be willing to make the sacrifice here. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I have wanted to spend a whole lot of money on like a handbag for a long time. (laughs) So this is one of those things for me where, you know, I would just love a couple thousand dollars to buy a purse. And it just is one of those things that it's just, would I rather have the handbag or would I rather do some of these other things that we do? Like I've just had to lay it down for a little while and, you know, my taste has changed. And so I'm kind of glad I didn't buy one because, you know, I want something different now. But that's that's been one of the things for me where it's like, I just want a whole lot of money sometimes <laughs> to spend I can really on clothes or accessories. Yeah. I mean, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I in college, I mean, honestly, in high school, I remember writing a song oh, yeah. about wanting a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> no um, way. How much I wanted a Jeep Wrangler. Um, it was called Wrangle Me. Oh my gosh! I wish, I wish it was on Spotify. Um, I don't know where. It <laughs> but is. you're actually glad it's not, right? I don't know. I think it's better than I remember. Um, There's a guitar back there. You want to just play real quick? <laughs> yeah, Bob, give us a little oh. taste of it. Yeah. Oh my god! I wish I could remember. Uh, but anyway, so I, you know, in high school I won a Wrangler. Um, didn't get a Wrangler in high school. Didn't get one in college. Um, anyway, and so we got married. I still wanted one. I mean, we didn't get one for a long, long time. A long and honestly. Time. It was five years ago. Yeah. I think we finally mm-hmm. bought one, bought one with cash. And yep. anyway, it's just, it was a long time of, you know, cause I had friends in high school. It's like ran out and, you know, bought one and had a $400 car payment. And, um, and I'm glad I didn't do that. And I waited until I could buy it with cash. And, uh, I don't know. And it, 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 it's very sweet when you have to wait for something. Yeah. It just makes it so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we both had things like that. Like you'll yeah. get your handbag. Um, you know, we've gotten to go on a lot of nice trips and vacations and do no, a lot of nice dinners I mean, and things. Yeah. And so it's it like I could bit. have just gone out and and bought one, like not asked for permission, just did it and been like, well, I just did it. So what are you going to do now? You know what I mean? <laughs> like I could have made that choice. Uh, but I love him too much to do that. And I do look at some of the other things, which, you know, we were just kind of touching. We t- talked about this a little bit, but we've adopted two of our children. Adoption is not cheap. No. I would so much rather do that. Like a, a million times over, I would do that again rather than get a super nice bag, you know? So I think I don't always get what I want. That's for sure. But I also have a really blessed life. And so it's easy to kind of lay some of those things down when you see the benefit of us not fighting about this subject. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think a lot of times, um, you know, I mean, as you you guys have read through the book, a big part of this for us is, like we said, wanting to give more and be able to mm-hmm. give a higher percentage of our income away. Yeah. And so that's the cost a lot of times is mm-hmm. we're choosing to give a higher percentage of our income. So there's not as much sitting around to buy a $2,000 handbag or whatever. 
Um, or three. But or, <laughs> or three or five or however much. Yeah. Like, who knows? Um, I mean, the sky's the limit, really. <laughs> but but my point in saying that is it feels like there have been a lot of things that we have kind of sacrificed and laid down for in order to be able to give more mm-hmm. and hopefully positively impact other people's lives better, more than our own. And as we've done that, we've just noticed that God has taken care of us better and better mm-hmm. and just blessed our lives and yeah. and met some of those needs unexpectedly. Um, and and so anyway, so that's the fun, sweet thing yeah. about it. And I, I will also add to this, like if I go to Bob and I'm like, hey, this is super important to me and I really want to work towards this, then we figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It's like yeah. we're a we're a team. And so if if I want something and uh I tell him, he's gonna go, okay, we can't buy it today, but let's figure out how to get it. So that's kind of how we work through some of those things too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really, really cool. And I think the key maybe there is you're you're both listening to each other to try and go, is the handbag really Linda's number one thing? Evidently not, because yeah you know, we would have gotten it already. Like there's other more important things that Linda said, Hey, this is actually really important. And so mm-hmm. let's work towards those things. Um, one of the other questions I had, this kind of relates to your giving that you just mentioned, but also, also the goal setting. So it's kind of both you, you all do a really good job. I think of setting joint goals and saying, this is important. This is what we're working towards. And whether it's, we want to give away a million dollars by the time we're 40, or if it's, we want to, you know, go take this trip or whatever it is. How have y'all tried to set those goals, set that vision, but also hold it somewhat loosely so it doesn't turn into an idol in and of itself? No, I think you bring up a really good point because I think humans have the capacity of making pretty much anything an idol. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and so for me, like paying off debt, like became one of those yeah. for me. Uh, and clearly, like biblically, that's, uh, you know, you can make a pretty solid biblical case that that's something that God is interested in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like for me, that became so much of my focus that, um, you know, and I tell the story in the book, but you know, I, when we were trying to pay off our house, we paid off all of our other debt and I was racing all of my energy towards paying off our house. I felt like God at that point began calling us to give our age as a percentage of our income. And so I was 31 at the time. So that meant stepping up or giving from about 12%, 11, 12% to 31%. And, and I remember well, just that, feeling like that, that was the second time that happened, something like that happened because when we were yeah. trying to pay off all, all our consumer debt, our credit cards and everything, um, we felt like the Lord was asking us to give an additional 10%. So we had been giving 10% and we felt like, he was asking us to give an additional 10%. Yeah. In both times, both times that we did this, you know, so like when we're trying to pay off the house, I'm now going to take all of the money I'm putting towards our house payment, mm-hmm. like that principle to knock it down. And I'm going to give it all away. And <laughs> both times we ended up like having those chunks of debt paid off years faster than mm-hmm. they should have been. And so it was kind of one of those things where it's like, um, God was almost testing us to see, if we were going to obey, if we were going to listen, mm-hmm. if we were going to continue to chase after the idol, in that case, for us, it was paying off debt. It's not like that for everybody, but for us, that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and as we did, as we walked away from the idol towards God, God took care of the thing that we wanted, you know, getting that debt paid off faster. So, yeah. uh, and I think there's a lot of things like that, but um, for us, that was certainly one of them. Yeah. I think that's cool. It's, um, 
it's hard to make those decisions, but it's, it's cool that y'all are, um, actively seeking in, in in God's will, but also like trying to find ways to make it make sense together. Um, I know we, we've only got a few more minutes left. And and so selfishly, I'm going to totally kind of change the conversation because I just have a, a question. What, what ways are y'all trying to take all of these learnings that you have and what you're doing and, and pass that on to your kids? Because I see so often, um, people don't talk to their kids people just about what they're doing, aren't talking to their kids about what they're doing. And so they're, 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 they're sort of blind to it. They're growing up in ignorance and it's, oh, my parents didn't talk to me about money. I have no idea. Da, 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 da. So, and I get it. Like, it's weird to talk about money, but um, what are y'all doing with your kids and, and how can you maybe uh, give us some, some tips for when that time yeah. comes, like ways to be thinking about passing this along to them? Yeah. So the thing that I've learned, uh, so our oldest is eight, so we have eight, five, and three. Um, the thing that I've learned, and again, we're still on the front half of our parenting curve, you know, we have a lot more to learn, but it's been fascinating to me how, uh, how a lot of the lesson, maybe the explicit lessons that I'm trying to teach our eight or five-year-old about money don't seem to sink in, but how the things that they're just watching that we do, even without us trying to teach them that they get, yeah. um, you know, and, they <laughs> and we say, all know this, it's more, it's you, it's caught rather than taught, yeah, you and, know, and this, I, I think money is definitely one of those things. Yeah. And so what that means then in that case, I mean, like you're just talking about like so many, I talk to people all the time. They said, my dad said, we never talk about money in this house. It's like, how are they going to learn? How are your yeah. kids going to learn? They're going to learn from credit card, credit card companies, like from Instagram influencers. Like, how are they going to learn about money? Um, and so it's like, because that's happening, what we're intentionally doing now and trying to grow in is how can we have conversations about money, strategic, the ones that we want them to hear about. I mean, really almost in earshot of them so they yeah. can just hear what's going on yeah. almost in the background. And as we're talking about giving or we're talking about this situation just happened here, we'd like to give to this. Um, and going through that and talking about, I don't know, maybe like what it feels like to be out of debt and what it feels like yeah. to be having to go to work and having to earn money. And so we're trying to intentionally have conversations and talk about mm-hmm. this in front of them just so that it's something they're always hearing. Yeah. You know? And I mean, even just talking through some of our decision making, you know yeah. what I mean? So they'll say, can we go out to eat tonight? And it's like, well, we've already spent the money in that budget category. So we're just going to eat at home now. Yeah. We have more money, but we've chosen to yeah. only spend this much amount per month. So on eating I, it's really funny because our, our eight-year-old will come up to to us and say, you're out of money. So he wants to give us money. And it's like, well, no, we're not out of money. It's just that we're choosing to spend that money on the elect. Like he doesn't understand that that electricity costs money and that water costs money. Like he has no concept, right? So he'll be like, well, we're, we're 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 out of money. (laughs) So then like one time I was like, we're just, we're not running out of money. Like, don't worry about it. And then, so, so we said, I said something to him like, yeah, we're not going to spend money on that right now. And he goes, well, I thought you never ran out of money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) It it is that way though. Like, so our, our five-year-old nephew, he, he, he doesn't understand anything about money, but he does understand yeah. that I have the magic digits to put <laughs> into the Xbox that can make games happen, right? Yes. And so, so whenever yeah. we visit, it's like, 
hey, will you buy me this dinosaur game or this whatever? Yeah. You know, it's like $20 or whatever. And sometimes we do. And and sometimes right. I say, really, you know, hey, buddy, we can't do it this time, you know, whatever. And But he yeah. just has no concept of like, why? You you have just put the code in. Like, yeah. Do the thing. And so I do think it's interesting, right? In this digital age, especially because they don't, they don't feel money, right? In the same yeah. way, unless you really are, are conscious about it. Um, no, but like at, at five years old, the door is open totally. for you to start talking to them. You know what I mean? And like for those families where it's like, you never talk about money. Now I understand being discreet about some things. Like we don't tell our, our kids how much money we make per month or per sure. year because they're going to tell the world and that's no one else's <laughs> business. But if they can be discreet about things, like we would let them in on more of that conversation to say, okay, this is how we're breaking things up. And this is why we're choosing to do it that way. And if we need to move things around, we can do that, you know? So it's like, yeah, I, I think it's just as they grow, you just continue to have the conversation of how you're processing things, how you're thinking about yeah. it and why you're making the choices that you are and giving them the freedom to make choices also, you know? Yeah. I think like what I hear you saying is uh, treating them like small human beings instead of like they're like alien beings, you know, and yep. like realizing they're really, they're like us. And so like we yeah. absorb yeah. what's happening around us and like what the people around us are doing and we're very influenced by that. And so yeah. I love, I love your point of just, yeah, we're making a point to do these things where they overhear a little bit of the things that we want them to. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously yeah. within reason and stuff. I think, I think yeah. that's really, that seems very wise to me as somebody who has never parented a child, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's a countdown, like, I mean, you know, our eight year old, I, I don't know when he's leaving the house, but he's going to have to do this mm -hmm. pretty soon. Like it's going to go faster than we think. And so, yeah, like we, we need to be doing something mm -hmm. to try to get him totally. prepared. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, well, thank you all so much for coming on. This has yeah, been awesome. And tell people where y'all are putting out content and what you're doing. Um, go ahead and, and share any of that, yeah. that you want to. Yeah. So the book is, uh, it's just simple money, rich life. You can get it at Amazon or anywhere else. Um, one thing that we did, uh, for anybody who wants to kind of check it out first, we created uh, it's three day money challenge.com. So it's a three day email challenge where each day we send you really three of the most kind of significant, um, aspects of the book and takeaways cool. that you can just check out for yourself. And if it's helpful, then you can get the book. And if not, it'll still be helpful for you. Um, <laughs> so it's just three day money challenge.com. And so that's there. Um, and we are at seed time on Instagram or, um, we have a podcast as well. Seed time money that, or yeah, seed time money, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's us and come hang out. Awesome. Well, Hey, thanks so much for y'all coming on. We'll put all those links, um, down below in the show notes for everybody to check out. And we hope you do. And, um, it's been a real pleasure. So. And we'll also add the PDF with the yeah, prayer. Yeah. yeah, we'll put the, yeah. the PDF. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's just uh, seed time slash prayers if you okay. want Perfect. to do that. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you all. All right. Well, thank, thank you. Guys. you.